Thank you very much, Becky. That's a tall order to follow. <laughs> All right. Um, so, good morning, everyone. Um, before we get started, I just want to pose a few questions to you all just to help you out with what I'm going to speak on today. Um, the first question being, who in here likes hugs? Put your hands up. Who's a fan of hugs? Okay, that's good. That's more than I was expecting. Okay, you can put your hands down now. So, hopefully you'll be able to... Uh, you'll be able to understand a bit better from that question. And the second question is... Who in your lives gives the best hugs? Now, this is more of a rhetorical question. I want you to think about that. Now, I know it's not probably what you were expecting, um, but go along with it. Now, once you've got that person in your mind, I want you to go back to the last hug they gave you. Maybe it was a backbreaker, or maybe it was... A run and jump hug, you see loads of those in the memes. Or maybe it was just a simple, cozy sort of hug. Now, hold that picture in your mind, because today I want to take you through a psalm of David and point out how our prayers to God and actually our relationship with God can be like all those amazing hugs. Many of David's psalms, even though they're poems or songs, read like prayers, and they can give us insight into the intimate relationship between God and a man after God's own heart. So, the psalm we'll be looking at today is Psalms 143. And for those of you taking notes, the title of this preach is either Prayer Close to God's Heart, or if you want something a bit more catchy, Huggable Prayer. I'll let you choose. So, I won't get to touch on all of the psalm uh, today, so please do read it in your own time at some point this week. Okay, so... The first thing we can learn from this psalm with regards to intimate prayer is that David changes his perspective. And he does this in two ways. The first way is that he knows God or gets to know God. So verse 1 and 2 read, Hear my prayer, O Lord. Listen to my plea. Answer me because you are faithful and righteous. Don't put your servant on trial for no one is innocent before you. Straight away in verse 1 and 2 of David's prayer, we see that David knows God's character. He knows him to be faithful and righteous, as we see in verse 1, and he also knows God to be merciful, as we see in verse 2. David uses his knowledge of God's character to remind God of this and ask him to be consistent with his character in David's situation. Now, it's not that God needs reminding, but this was David's way of expressing how much he knew God's character, just like giving a person uh, that, you, that knows that you love them the biggest hug you can give. For David, this almost set the tone for his prayer, allowing him to come boldly before God because he is confident in God's character. Do we know God's character? And if we know it up here in our minds, we know of it, do we know it in our hearts at the core of who we are? That's a question that we can ask ourselves this morning. If you're a believer in Jesus, then I can assure you that you can go to God boldly today. And I know this because the Bible actually encourages us to do this. In Hebrews, it says uh, in chapter 4, verse 16, 
So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. So we, we have that. And, you know, not everyone's a believer here today, maybe not. If you're not, then maybe today's an opportunity for you to make that decision or maybe ask more questions. If that is you, please do speak to someone after the service. I know that there will be prayer over to the side. So if anything resonates with you from what Alistair said or from what I've said, please don't let that opportunity pass by. Okay, so going back to the psalm, David does this again. He shows that he knows God in verse 11 where he refers to God's faithfulness. And I'm sure he does this in many other psalms. So for this point, my question to you, to myself, is who do you know God to be? And how can this not only make your prayers unique to your experience, but also change your perspective? It won't have been the only reason, but one of the reasons David was referred to as a man after God's own heart is because he prayed knowing who God is in his own heart. And that brought about a confidence to get even closer to God. So, the second way we can change our perspective is remembering the good works of God. So, going back briefly to the people in your lives who give the best hugs, hopefully you kept that in your mind, you probably have good memories with that person, right? Or maybe they've done something for you in the past that's made you want to hug them that little bit tighter. When we remember what God has done in the past for us and for others, it encourages us and builds up our faith. And this is exactly what David did in verse 5 of this psalm. He says, I remember the days of old. I ponder all your great works and think about what you have done. Reflecting Reflecting on God's word, or reflecting on God's good works, which are in his word, but also in our lives personally, builds our confidence in him, and it develops our relationship with him going forward. You could liken it to good memories that, when remembered, bring us closer to an individual. How often do we actually stop, cut out all the noise, and just remember what God's actually done for us in our lives? We probably don't do it as often as we should. We know life's busy, um, doing one thing to the next thing. But when we do remember to do it, a confidence and an intimacy is brought back into our relationship with God. Out of the relationships in our lives, we are confident in and intimate with those we trust. And this is magnified when we put this psalm into context, which leads me to my next point. So... The second, well, let's recap. So you've got changing perspectives. You can know God and you can remember his good works. Second point for intimate prayer in this psalm is raw and real invitation. Now, hugs are quite uh, diverse. They can use, be used in many situations. Uh, they're not just for joyous occasions, are they? They can also be used in situations where we have no words and times when we experience the harsh realities of life and we're left upset, confused, and vulnerable. <clears throat> David did not leave out any of the harsh details of his current circumstance. 
he laid them out before God and clearly expressed how he felt. He says in verse 3 and 4, My enemies have chased me. He has knocked me to the ground and forces me to live in darkness like those in the grave. I am losing all hope. I am paralyzed with fear. David was going through one of those harsh realities of life. And this was the point where his son Absalom actually rebelled against him. And David had to go into hiding. So if you want more context to that, to understand how bad it was, please do read through Second Samuel and you'll get some context on that. David was in a situation that was very much out of his control. But when praying about it, he didn't pretend it wasn't going on which we can sometimes fall into the trap of doing. We can bury our head in the sand in situations like these by distracting ourselves with entertainment, friends, and work instead of facing the situation we are in. David got to grips with his circumstance and invited God into the reality of the situation. I suppose to put it into one word, he was vulnerable. He was vulnerable with God. Praying this way gives you and I the opportunity to be vulnerable with God, inviting him to come close to you in the midst of your situation. And it can be just like when you hug a person in a time of distress or when you're receiving a hug when you're going through a tough time yourself. So those are the first two points that I wanted to pull out of this psalm. And my final point is more than just a saviour. Now, this is probably where the hug analogy runs dry, but there was a way that David refers to God throughout the prayer that stood out to me and that I think can be paramount to intimate prayer and prayer close to God's heart. David refers to God as Lord four times throughout this psalm. So it's very clear to us that he recognizes God as Lord. What's the significance of this? Those of us that believe in the Son of God, Jesus Christ, are saved, and there is more available to you right now because Jesus is not just your Savior. He could also be your Lord if you choose to recognize him as your Lord. The difference between Savior and Savior and Lord, and you have to forgive me, I'm a bit of a Spider-Man fan, is like the difference between the relationship that Spider-Man has with those he saves and the relationship he has with MJ. Another example of this is at the Last Supper where Jesus says one of his disciples will betray him. All his disciples say, Lord, is it I? Except for one. Can you guess who that is? Who said John? (laughs) Except for Judas, uh, who said, Rabbi, teacher is I. So Judas didn't say Lord because he did not recognize Jesus as Lord and he was unwilling to submit control of his life to Jesus. Maybe that's something that we struggle with today but from looking at David and looking at the disciples I can assure you it is a step in the right direction of having greater intimacy with God in all areas of your life including prayer. Now, I know the word submit gets a bad rap these days because many believe it implies forcing yourself to do the bidding of someone who delights in your misery and unhappiness. But 
when we put into practice the first point and change our perspective by knowing God and remembering the good works of God, you know, he's a, he is a good, good father, we can quickly see that submission to the lordship of Jesus is actually a positive experience. And this is extra, this is not even my, in my notes, but those that like me know that I like to communicate through songs. And the song today, the new song, uh, Jehovah, really struck a chord with me. And in this psalm, the word Lord is actually translated to Jehovah. So that song gives you a good insight into what the lordship of Jesus Christ over your life looks like. So if you're wondering or if you're not sure, or if you're on the edge of maybe making that decision and that commitment, listen to the lyrics of that song. What the best part about this is, is that we only need to recognize him as Lord of our life. And God, the Holy Spirit, will work in you and in me to make that an outward, rea- outward reality. So, those are the three points that you can take away, think about, and try and apply to your prayer life. Now, it might require some research into who God is so you know him better. It may require some reflective time where you think back to the good works God has done in your life. You may want to actively try and be vulnerable in your personal prayer life this week. And finally, if you haven't already, you could pray a prayer asking Jesus to be the saviour of your life and the Lord of your life, if you are ready to recognise that. So, I'll pray to close, and I encourage you to speak to someone if you make a decision to believe in Jesus today, or if you make that step in recognizing him as Lord. I'll invite the band up as well while I'm praying. Okay. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would help us to draw closer to the Father in our prayer lives, and consequently in every other area of our lives. I pray that we would get to know you deeply and that we would allow hindsight to show us your good works. I pray that we would be vulnerable with you, inviting you into our current reality, whatever it may be. Finally, I pray that some of us today would have the courage to recognize you as Lord of our lives and that you, Holy Spirit, would help us outwork that. In Jesus' name, amen. Mm -hmm.